You are about to listen to a message preached at Jubilee Christian Center, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Word, Purpose, Worship, Family, and Community. These are the things that we are about at Jubilee Christian Center. Do check us out at experiencejubilee.org. Thank you and God bless you. Father Lord, as we go into your word, we ask that you speak to us, that you minister to us. Um, you are the one that teach. We do not know what we ought to do or say, but Lord, we rely on you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we are continuing on our family series. This is a family uh, month, and um, we're looking at money. Money at home. You know, it's a topic that cannot be exhausted. Um, 30 minutes cannot be enough. So one of the things we are going to do is that we're going to send a, a Google Doc uh, form to you. And so if you have questions, so just send them in. Questions about money, managing money at home. Just send, then it will be sent through WhatsApp. you get it soon. Um, so you just send your questions in. And the whole idea is that we're also continuing on Tuesday. So the questions that you send in now can be addressed as part of um, the message on Tuesday. Now, if um, the people who know more than me say that there are three things that cause trouble in marriage. Money is number one, they say. Sex and communication. We'll look at, so today we're looking at money. Money and the home in general. So, why, how is, why is money so powerful, especially in the home? Without money, we know that at times everybody is moody, morose, except you come to my house. Because I, I try to communicate some of the things we've learned over the years. Because if you allow money to take, <laughs> to take that route, it will control everything about you. It will control when you're happy, when you smile. That's what it does. And the way you know is simply this. Anytime some big amount hits your account, something happens to your shoulders. There's an attitude. There's this attitude that comes on you when there's money in your account. And when the account goes to 437,23 cobalt, like mine goes to at times, if you are not careful, your shoulders drop. And then you get snappy in the house. And then you just, you, anybody talks to you, you shout. Because there's no money. Now, we'll be looking at um, some of the roots of money challenges. We can't finish today, that's why we continue on Tuesday. There are three things we'll be looking at uh, last today and on Tuesday. And I encourage you, please, join on Zoom. Join. Join us on Tuesday so that we can all learn this and Questions will answer questions. Number one is expectations. At the roots of your money challenges are expectations. Number two is communication. And number three is discipline. We'll look at those three things. One, expectations. Two, communication. Three, discipline. I want to ask the men in the house, and I can answer for you. How do you feel when you don't have money? When bills, there are bills to be paid. Um, I tell the women folk, you can't understand how a man feels. 
I'm, I'll try and express it in words, but, but it's difficult to express it in words. When there are needs in the house and a man cannot provide those needs, he feels less than who he is. He feels, um, he feels like a failure. That's what comes in his mind. Then it becomes worse when the other party now rubs it in and screws it in. People at times can almost lose their minds because of this. How do women feel when there's no money? I can't answer for you. <laughs> so I, I won't try. <laughs> I won't try. But having been married for 20, not as long as uh, my pastor here, but at least for 20, going to be 23 years in December, at least I should have an idea. I think that when there's no money, women worry a lot. It's easy for them to worry. They worry more than men. Because they want everything to be in place and everything okay at the same time. And so, immediately there's no money, anxiety rises. And the problem is this. They can't keep the anxiety to themselves. Even when they are not talking, they are talking. When they are not talking, they are looking. And so, at times, the man just stays out late and does not want to come home early when there's no money. But the important thing is, how do we make our homes a safe haven when there's money or not? The man and the woman should, should still be able to carry out their roles as men. So, what are expectations in general? Now, so, what, in general, what do you expect of a partner? People have many expectations. You want a good sense of humor. You want someone who has similar values and beliefs. You want um, the same attitude and perspectives to life. But you see, expectations are what we want in the future. They are actions we want others to be able to do when we need it. But the challenge is this. Expectations are not automatic. You may have expectations, and I don't know it. That's why the second thing we talk about is communication. You might have expectations. If I don't know it, and the, I think men are, sorry men that I'm saying this, we are partially very, fairly dumb. Now, what I mean by dumb is this, not dumb as in dumb, but if you don't tell us, at times, you just go, you don't, you see, we don't catch the vibes like the women do. And so, you have expectations, you are not telling it. He's always just happy and just going about his own. Expectations need to be communicated. It must be communicated. It is better if it is discussed. Now, I particularly also, be, as we're speaking to those who are married, I'm also speaking to those who are not yet married. The thing is that if we had heard these things before we married, uh -uh, life would have been much, much, much more interesting. But the problem with marriage is that even at times, everything you heard in the past, when you enter into it, it flies out of the, <laughs> it flies out of the window. Because if you are not in the, in, the, in the pressure cooker, you don't know how it feels. Now, the problem with expectations is that they might not be the truth. John 3, 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the problem with our expectations is that, are they the truth? Where did your expectations come from? Where are your expectations from? Now, expectations are like, um, glasses. So you imagine if you take a, a, 
a, a, let's say, a pink pair of glasses and you wear it. You know, what happens is that everything becomes, have a tint of pink. Now, expectations are like that. Even you have an expectation, it tints everything you see. You cannot see it the way it ought to be or the way it really is. That's why we have to be careful. What are the expectations that I have in my heart? That I believe that this is how things must be. That's the problem with expectations in marriage. We say it must be, and especially money. We're focusing on money. Money in particular. Now, I'll tell you what the basic expectations are. The basic expectation of a man is this. I am a provider. Am I right, please? I hope I'm not assuming wrongly. That's the basic expectation in terms of money. The man assumes I am a provider. No, let me change it. No, I think it's not a. I am the provider. The basic expectation of a woman is this. My husband is the provider. And that's the expectation with which we come to life. Now, this expectation is majorly cultural and also spiritual. And I explain, you already know the cultural parts. And I'll try. And this is in almost every society. We expect the man to be the provider. Now, who is a man, scripturally? Now, the first mention of the word man, you see it in Genesis 3, 6. That's the husband. Man is referred to as the husband. That's in Genesis 3, 6. I won't be able to read. You can read. It says she also gave to her husband with her. Husband. Well, you see, the, the genesis of the word husband, what does it mean? If you look at Genesis 9.20, it says, And Noah began to be an husband man. An husband was talking about like a farmer. What do farmers do? They plant, they nurture, they water, they seed to growth, they ensure that the fruits come out. I dare tell you that that is the sole responsibility of a man. You might not believe me, but that's the responsibility of a man. Please, I challenge you, please. Everywhere you, anywhere you see it in the Bible that says the sole responsibility of a man is to be the provider, please send it to me on the Google Doc because we are, Tuesday we are going to discuss it. I haven't seen it anywhere. The sole responsibility of a man is to nurture his family to become what God has proposed it to be. But we have gotten it wrong. And that's why the man will take off and go to work. And then he doesn't come in until 11 or 12. And if by 4, he has gone again. No, that's not. It's to nurture a family. And I'll tell you where it comes from, um, scripturally. What of the woman? The first mention of the woman was uh, the wife. As a wife, it's Genesis 25. I'll say, look at Genesis 24 to 25. It says, therefore shall a man, Genesis 24 to 25, it says, no, not Genesis 22, sorry, Genesis 2, 24, sorry. It says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And be joined to his wife. But you see, the real understanding of wife comes at the place where God says, I will give you a help meet. A help meet. Some versions say a co-worker. Let me give you this analogy. I call it the, it's a business analogy. So the way I see marriage is this. And now this is me. You might disagree, but this is how I see it. 
I see marriage as two... Okay, so this man, this chairman wants to start a business. And he says, he identifies this guy and says, this guy is very good. I can invest in him. So he says, look, bros, take. Run this business. Own a good part of it. And me too, as chairman, I own my own chunk of it. But this guy starts to run the business and he realizes that this guy cannot do this business alone. It's not going to work. And he finds a partner for him and says, the two of you can work together and make this business run. And so he gets him a partner. And so the two partners now start to run the business, whereas the chairman reaps the most of the returns, which is how business is. They get their returns too. Now for me, that is the picture that I see of marriage. The thing is this. So if one partner starts to do wrong, who should the other partner go to? The chairman. He's the one that can resolve the issues. As much as men or women think that I can, I can force the hand. At times you think you can, you can change your wife and change her into what you want. The man thinks, the woman thinks I can change him by, by talking and talking and talking. Then he will become what I want. You have tried this so long. Has it worked? Please tell me. Has it worked? I can tell you it doesn't work. The solution is go to the chairman. Go to him and tell him. The person, just like um, they reported, this person where you give me, you know, do I'm like we talk. Oh. What are you going to do about it? How do we solve the problem? I'm not telling you something that I've not done practically. I'm telling you things I've done. I can, I can tell you, and my wife is here, I don't think I've corrected her and said, don't do it like this. I don't think it's up to, in 23 years, it's not up to 23 times. It's far less. Because when I spot the problem, I go to the chairman immediately. That's why we marry Christians. That's why I did not marry a non-believer. Because she hears from him. And so the chairman is able to correct her even before I correct her. But you want to talk. You want to satisfy something inside of us to just talk. But we are talking about money, so let me not deviate too much. But it helps with money. And so, help me. So let me, this time it won't reach us, but we'll continue on Tuesday. So let me tell you a bit of my growing up. By the time I was nine, and I was going to secondary school, my mom had had five children. She had uh, a grade two certificate, what they call it, grade two certificate then, and she was teaching. My father graduated from, the, from Unilag. And so, by the time she had the last born, who, I, I was nine then, three months after, she, went to, she started going back to school. I know she went to IFE then for, there's a course they call associateship course then. If you have a grade two, you want to upgrade it a bit, you go for what they call associate then. You know, <laughs> don't mind me, I remember a joke. One of my brothers asked my mom then, okay? Associate, she man so many. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, he say, do they fat in associate? <laughs> so she was asking my mom. So she went back to school. And then she came back after one year. She did one year of working and decided to go to the UK for a degree course. And because she had done those courses, she only needed to do two years. Now my father supported. 
And so at this point, my father had to bear all the brunt of, of taking care of us, doing everything and all that. She came back. Barely, maybe a few years after, not too long after, maybe five years after, my father lost his job. We had to move to the village. You see, if, if the man had not allowed the woman to go to those things, we for suffering. <laughs> because it was, number one, immediately his own career went, her own career shut up. I mean, shut up. She, she retired as the head of INEC in Ogun State. That's how far her career went. But at this point, my father's career was down. So I understand when there's no money at home. I understand when the woman is the one providing the money at home. Because there are a lot of us in those situations. I understand how it feels. But the truth is this. I also understand that most likely women were not made to, <laughs> to, to be the sole provider. No one, I dare say, is made to be the sole provider. No one is made to be the sole provider. But what is the problem? There's a problem with the provision mentality, the provider mentality. I'll tell you what the problem is. And let me tell you the genesis of that problem. We'll quickly read Genesis 3 from verse 9. We'll read from 9 to 19. We'll read as quickly as possible. I'll read as quickly. Genesis 3 from verse 9. Then the Lord called to, then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay? And he said, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man, the man, then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you have caused more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and it shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his ill. So the woman said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Let's pause there. Your desire, I just want you to know, it says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So let's continue. We'll come back then. Verse 17, please. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. It says, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. But both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herbs of the field. Verse 19. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Now, ideally, as Christians, this cause should have no hold over us. Because we've been redeemed from the cause of the law by Jesus Christ. Cause is every man that hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on the tree for us, so we have been redeemed from the cross. But the problem is this. We don't step into that redemption. So, let me start with the man. If you have the mentality that you are the provider, you are still walking under the cross. And I'll explain. When God made the garden, 
Who provided the garden? God. Who gave him the job? God. What happened was that they thrust him out of the garden. He had to start providing these things by himself. He would till, he would do everything by himself. God was helping before. God says, I withdraw. Do it on your own. I learned this long ago. And my theory is this. I have never worked for myself. I've never worked for any man. It doesn't mean you are not employed. But understand that God is your employer. He's the one you work for. If you don't understand this, then you are trying to provide for yourself. Now, I, when I read, when I kept read, reading this, I asked God, I said, God, uh, uh, this one is heavy. Why? And now, this is what I heard. Please, it's not from the Bible. I like to always differentiate. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what exactly? Wait till we do reach that one now. And he said, he said, the man had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he now knew how to do evil well. He says, I had to give him work. I had to make him tired. So when he walks and gets tired, he has little time for evil. Because if I leave him, he will just be doing evil. But the cost is heavy. He says, you walk tired. You go walk tired. That's what the cost says. It is big. So, one thing I learned is this. I'm not the provider. And I've seen it work in my life. I just work for God. Either in my secular work, I work for God. This one, I work for God. And he meets my needs. He might not be meeting it at that level of my expectations. But hey, as I always say, I know get money, I know get money. Uh, children have finished university. You know get money, you know get money. You pay rent every year. You know get money, you know get money. Life is going on. Please let them not tell you it's a lie. You have money. Go and calculate all the money now. Is it not money? Yes, it might not be in your hands. Why does it have to be in your hands? And so, my brothers, please, stop trying to be the provider. You can't meet up. You can't carry the work of God and do it successfully. There's no way. You will always come short. Teach your wife. My wife is there. There are times, school fees. What are we going to do? She said, I don't know. She said, I said, yes, God would do it. I know women don't like to hear that thing. God will do it. I know. But you see, as a man, it is the confidence with you you speak it. You learn to speak it with confidence. He says, what exactly, how exactly is the money coming? I said, I don't know yet. But it will come. Now, my confidence has grown bolder. You know why? I'll tell her that ah, in the last 20-something years, have we not been doing it? Mr. Mooman, just let me be, Jerry. It will come. Because, hey, it has been happening. As you walk in this, your boldness and your confidence increases. Because he will always do it if you truly rely on him and you truly call him your provider. Let me go back to verse 16. Please, can you just put on verse 16? To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Now, I come to say, your desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, if this is a curse, was the man meant to rule over the woman? No, man, please help me answer. I know you don't like this one, but we have to tell you the truth. It says, 
and he shall rule over you. If it's a curse, was the man meant to rule over the woman? He says, your desire shall be to your husband. Is our desire supposed to be to the husband? Our desire is supposed to be to who? My sisters, free yourself. Free yourself. Stop looking to the man. You are part of the problem. When you look to him as the provider, then you are causing a problem. Now God will say, nah, let's see now. You gave God's work to somebody else. Eh? Eh? He will provide now. I'm waiting. You will ask me that there are people that have money. I know, yes, and they provide money. But, but when those people, when you can provide money, somebody once asked me, do you want to be as rich as I will name the popular rich man? I said, yes. Ah, he said, I don't know, we don't have children here. He said, ah, you won't have time to sleep with your wife. Oh. Is that what you want? I said, okay, I don't want. <laughs> See, it's not just about money. It's not just about money. I tell you, women, don't look to your husband as the source. He is not the source. He cannot be the source. The source of what? Is it not just life? He has only one life, life that is controlled by God. And you think he can solve your problems? He cannot. Look to God. Until you learn to look to God, the problem will not be solved. Let your eye be on God. Because he's the one that can solve all our problems. I'm not saying your desire will not be small to your husband. But let your desire be to God. When your desire is to him, you'll find out that he solves all your problems. Um, Rita told me one day, said the day she got over this was when one day, as usual, there was no money. And then it just occurred to her, ah, why am I saying he's the one, he's the problem? Why can't I be the one providing most of the money too? So, woman, why can't you be the one? No, is there anything that says you should not be the one? Is there anything that says you should not be doing 40%, 50%, maybe 60%? I know in those days when you say, ah, I need a good job, I say, ah, my prayer is that then. When we come, I say, my prayer is you get a job like 500K. You know, then 500K was, uh, ah, if you're earning 500K, when me, I was earning 18,000 or 30,000, say, don't get a 500K job. I'm the happiest man on earth. We'll spend it together. Abby? And even then, I used to do the school runs. So, eh, I'll still continue doing school runs now. And then, you bring the money, we spend it, and we are okay. Men, please, don't feel less because your wife is anymore. Don't allow her to make you feel less. You should feel less if you are lazy. If you are lazy, and I'll say this, every man, you don't have the... the I'm looking for English. You don't have the temerity. You don't have the decision to be lazy. A man should get up and walk. He must get up and walk. I say it again. Men should get up and walk. You should be ready to do anything to make sure that your family is fed. It doesn't matter what your wife earns. I tell, I tell people, I'm too busy. If I was not busy enough, I would use the car for Uber. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? You should be ready to do things to make sure that your family is fed. It is important. You need the dignity. It's dignity. There's dignity in labor and in earning. So men, please, don't be lazy. And when you are not lazy, you can look any woman in there and tell her, if you like, don't drop the money. I will do the best I can. And you can 
Let me not use the word that comes to my mind. You, because when you are there, you can look at and be bold. I once asked my father, when, this, I went to home and I asked my father, I heard my mom was doing some, my mom is late now, and I said, ah, daddy, this is what I heard. I went, I traveled. And my father told me, ah, you came all the way to Adwekiti just to tell me this. He said, ah, you just wasted transport and all that. Too. But I'll tell you something. He said, he said, go and think as wide as you can. Think of the worst thing your mom can do to me. I've forgiven her. He says, but that money, our money, we are all spending it together. <laughs> he says, because when I was working, you, 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 all of you, you had the money. Did I put it in my pocket alone? Did I buy clothes that, that I didn't need? You all spent my money. She's not making money. We will not spend it. It's a lie. No be this house. You must have that kind of boldness. But that boldness comes because you are putting what you ought to put in. So you put in what you ought to put in. And then you have the boldness to tell her, all this one now, you are just playing. Please, let's not allow money to get into the midst of things. The enemy uses this a lot. And we will continue on. They've said, they said I should round up. So we'll continue on, on Tuesday. We still need to talk about communication. We need to talk about discipline. And we still have some things to talk about expectations. Um, I, I just want to say this also on, a, on not a very good note, on a sad note. Peace, couples, families, let's enjoy ourselves when we have the time. Every time you have with your spouse, with your children, it's time that you must cherish. Enjoy it because life is short. No, it's so short. So this, this um, week has been a very, very harrowing week for the church. We lost two people. We lost a 43-year-old. Uh, please, you can let me put up a picture. And you all know her. She's Tony Adebesi. 43-year-old. She went for an operation, a fibroid operation. And she had done the operation. She was just going to, she would last, I think two, a week after she was out of the hospital, she was going to dress every day. And then one of the days she was going to dress, after morning devotion, she went to the bedroom to have a bath, to go to the toilet. And they found her slumped dead in the bedroom. Number two, we lost an eight-year-old boy. His name is uh, Timilein. We lost Timilein. Um, he was in, he's been in ICU since Tuesday, there about, no, since Wednesday, but he's been in hospital since maybe last, last week. And if you dare hear the prayer this boy prayed on Monday, maybe we should send it to our, ask permission from the family, maybe we should send the prayer to everyone. The boy, this boy prayed, the mother recorded it on Monday. I mean, when you hear the prayers, <laughs> you know that it's not a child talking. Uh, what I'm simply saying is this. Family. <laughs> it's only your family that will be there for you. If anything happens to you, you have nothing else but your family. There are times money cannot, is not enough. We've heard of Sani Dangote. He died. So if Sani Dangote can die, ah, all of us. <laughs> it's God's grace now. So what I'm saying is this. 
Let's take care of our family. Men, please, take care of your wives. Wives, take care of your husband. I'll close with a story. Real life story. This man had liver, is it kidney issue? He was in the hospital and then they needed to do a kidney transplant immediately because he couldn't, he couldn't afford to wait on the line. And they did ask the family members to come and test for compatibility and all that. And only one person was compatible, the wife. And she looked him in the face, looked him in the face and said, this man, not you, sorry, I'm pointing there. This man said, sorry, I won't give him. And he died. But it was a question of how he had treated her. Please, let's take care of our families. And God will take care of you. We don't take care of them so that, yes, when we grow old, they will now be the one feeding us. No. But every time, it's not about money. We need care. Everybody needs care, and God will help us. I'd like us to pray for the families that have lost. Um, can we rise up? Let's, let's lift up these families. Let's lift up the blessing family. And, just, uh, and let's pray for strength. Let's pray for strength. That the God of all comfort will comfort them. He will comfort them. Let's pray for the Oloto family. Um, the Oloto family. Let's ask that the Lord comfort them. The uh, siblings, the parents, that the Lord will comfort them. I'm telling you, everybody has a 79 year old mom. They stay together. Let's ask that God to comfort her. Comfort her. Can you lift up your voices and just speak that the Lord comfort them? Be their comfort. Be their strength. Be their guide. When these times, Lord, only you can help. Oh, there's nothing man can say. Nothing man can say. But you, you are the God. You are the God of all flesh. You are the one that sees our heart. You see it from the beginning to the end. Lord, we ask for your help. We ask for your help. We ask that you come and be our help. Be their help. Be their shield. Oh, Lord, be their help. Be their shield, Lord. I thank you, Lord.